passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. just grateful I decided to fight and when I got angry about not being able to be in this ring I wasn't just grateful I decided to fight and there was a time when I wanted to quit and instead of walking out she got in my ear and she said you don't walk out she said you fight because you need to fight for your dreams fight for your dreams fight for your dreams and if you fight for your dreams your dreams will fight for you Same thing you're gonna do and all your stupid fans are gonna do. Naito, I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna take your Intercontinental Championship from you. Not because you want it. You don't want it. You're too tranquilo. I'm not tranquilo. I'm fucking crazy. I'm gonna show you just how crazy I can be. Oh no. No, 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 no. no. Don't tell me Ricochet. The preeminent high fly. <laughs> is this when you've reached and you've attained your goals and you're sitting on top of that hill and you're feeling great right before you pump that fist turn around and put your hand out and help that next guy up on top of that hill with you i am the man and that ronda that is why i am the champion and you are not 
I have been tested daily, weekly, monthly. And yet here I am, the most relentless person that you have ever met. Welcome to Post Wrestling's Best of 2018 show. I'm John Pollock, but given that the man is here, Davey, can you give us an official? Hello, hello, hello. There we go. Hello. Davey Portman and Braden Harrington are here in the house at Post Office West. And of course, Wei Ting, where for the next umpteen hours, we are going to go through all of our best of 2018 picks and much to come so welcome everyone if you are watching live hello welcome and if you are listening on friday or at a later date welcome as well hello as well happy holidays everybody merry christmas yes uh merry christmas indeed we it tis the season tis the season to be jolly we thought we should uh you know give out Christmas, you know, it's oh, the best of the year. You can't just do this in normal clothing. Of course, this is a bonus. Oh my goodness, look at this! Wow, it's, it's Christmas Thank time. You so much, this is perfect. I'm gonna take my new Japan hat off and put on a Santa hat. Wow, that's almost go. blasphemy, but. And we also have this that maybe we could celebrate oh, with at the end of the show. Yes. Oh, boy. I don't know. Yes. That, can that go there? There we oh, go. Yeah. It can definitely All go the there. Other video people, like, look at Davey's finest Oh, it's there. the Wine Rack's finest. Crisp and fresh. Yeah. I, I think this is great for best of, but what are we drinking for worst of? That's uh, a better question. Probably like a... The punch from our Halloween party. Oh, yeah, party. the leftover punch. <laughs> <laughs> the punch in the gut. Oh, I don't think we'll be wanting to drink that day at all. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to the panel. Thank you for... And during this process of of list making, uh, Braden going through this process, what was the what were what was the amount of work that went into your your best of list? Was this an arduous trial, or did a lot of these come easy for you? This is the easy show. This is the easy show to uh, prepare for because you just go through the stuff that you actually liked. You go through your favorite wrestlers and their matches, all the stuff. If you're a wrestling fan like me. You just go back and, and look at all the stuff you actually enjoyed and all the stuff where you, you popped or you marked hard for. This was super easy and great. The past week, I knew I, I had the categories. I just went through them. Some of them came to me right away. And anytime I had to think of something different, I would go back and watch. It was a lot of fun. 2018, my favorite year of professional wrestling. It usually takes me a long time to put these lists together. And this is definitely the latest I left. I didn't finish my list till today. Whoa. Davey, being a, a rookie to this process, right. how did you find this is it? your debut. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, some of them came very easily. If you listen to our show, you know some of my answers to this already. Um, but yeah, a lot were a lot trickier. Pretty much for the last few days, all I keep getting from Braden is, Yo, what's your best podcast? <laughs> Today, I'm, I'm, you'll find out. <laughs> Today, Brayden tweeted out to everybody, what's everyone's match of the year? <laughs> I, had to, I had to, you know, fish it out there. I had to see what was going um, on. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be stuff that comes up that I'm like, oh, damn, how did I forget about that one? Right. Um, my trick is let John go first and then just say what he says. <laughs> that's what that's my trick, Dave. Well, maybe I should I should go last. Then. <laughs> Wait, uh, you are a very, very busy man. The the amount of hours that you sleep, I don't even know if they equal double digits uh, most weeks. But tell us uh, what this process was like for you. Uh, you know, it's something I, I've, I've been thinking about all year. But like I know in the past, like people like you um, would like keep lists on 
on hand the entire year. I didn't do, do that, that this year, Whoa. and it was really hard Man. at the end of it. I always I learned after a few years of how hard it was at the end, like matches of the year. I started keeping like throughout the year, I'd write down stuff like that. Mm. And this year I didn't do any of that. And I really paid for it. Starting January 1st, I know I am starting up a notepad <laughs> just to write all of these categories down. Cause it was really difficult. It took me basically a whole evening to kind of come up with a, a lot of my choices. Now you're listening to four voices and you'll be hearing all of our picks, but we have a fifth panel member. Not It's been a big week for the audience. Not yeah. only are you the authority, but you're also the fifth panel member because we put out our survey earlier this month and everyone got to vote and the results are in. So we will be chatting uh, about all of our picks and then we will get the listeners picks in all of the categories. And I want to give a big thank you right off the bat to Chris Engler, the yes. man who compiled wow. all of the stats in record time. That's crazy. Uh, Thank you very much. So without further ado, the way we are going to do this, we are going to start at the bottom of our list and then move our way up to the, the most prestigious awards. So our first category, and we, we changed them up a bit this year. So there's uh, some returning favorites and some brand new ones. Our first category is best interview on a podcast, YouTube, or other media outlet. And I'll start. We'll we'll mix up the order uh, throughout this. <laughs> My pick was Kenny Omega on Talk is Jericho right after Wrestle Kingdom. And what I enjoyed so much about this interview was that it was a deconstruction of their match and just the two kind of getting into their heads of everything. Like they pretty much went through the match of why they did things, how stuff on the undercard influenced certain things that they weren't expecting. And I just thought it was a really... It was also such a quick turnaround for the match. I feel this was only a few weeks after, so it was fresh in everyone's mind. And just a really unique idea, which I find Jericho does quite a lot on his podcast, coming up with different angles than just doing standard interviews. So that was my pick. Uh, let's go to Davey. I picked exactly the same. Oh, wow. um, I thought that show was uh, really interesting. There was a bit, basically, something Marty Skull did in that four-way kind of screwed up the Jericho match. Uh, Osprey, was, Osprey. Yeah. Um, he does and, a moonsault, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's the Bucks go up to Omega and are like, hey, they're <laughs> doing that thing you're going to do. So I think that's why they then did the the stomp onto the table. Right. And it's all these little things that you don't normally ever hear about. So that was super interesting for me. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I don't listen to a lot of interviews, um, but I did actually listen to that because, you know, I was... I'm obsessed with that, but uh, I'm going to say as in not just one in interview, but I'm going to just pick a person that gets interviewed. And every time he does, I have to watch it. And it's outside of wrestling kind of is John Cena. He's been doing a lot of promotion for Bumblebee and John Cena is a weird dude. Why are you always wearing a suit? Uh, I watched him do an interview. I think it was like good morning America or like at a Comic-Con and he wore a suit and the Bumblebee mask. And I just don't. Every time I have to watch him, it's insane. So I'm picking that. He's a really well dressed. Why is he always in? He's huge. He just looks big. People in suits. That's what they call being on brand. I guess at his level, he's he's he's, corporate now. Yeah, something something's odd about him. Like his sense of humor is very interesting. Yeah, and it's not fully what he lets on either. You know, on on his wrestling persona or anything else. Uh, I find him very interesting as a human. Like he can play the piano. That thing that came out like yeah like he's he's weird when do you have the time to do all that like i don't have the time to 
compile this list and he looks and I like just that. work in a bar. It's like, so funny you ask that because like he did a video for GQ or something where he talks about his daily routine and it starts at something ridiculous like 5, 5 a.m. And then he like he he gets his workouts in. He practices Chinese. He practices piano. He does you know his whatever wrestling related tasks are. Crazy. And then he goes to sleep at like maybe two. Okay, so he'll get like three hours of sleep, and then the day starts again. Yeah. So literally, like every time he comes on TV, I have especially him and Jimmy Fallon. It's just so weird dynamics. So I picked that. All right, Joe. And way. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was about to be our first clean sweep of the day because I also thought talk is Jericho with uh, Kenny Omega uh, was probably my interview of the year. To be honest with you, it was a little bit tough to figure this one out. Cause I don't know how many interviews really stood out to me. You know, the mm-hmm. other one, honestly, I could think of was the undertaker on that Ed Young uh, uh, interview. And oh, wow. it was more, that one was more bizarre than, than anything I would say, you know, there was uh, the novelty great. of it being the undertaker yeah. being interviewed. I didn't know if it was that great of an interview. The post wrestling listeners gave us a tie between Kenny Omega on Talk is Jericho and Undertaker being interviewed by Ed Young <laughs> with 7.3% of the votes. Um, but there were a number of interviews uh, throughout that got votes. Uh, yeah, what are some other ones? Some other ones included The Elite on Talk is Jericho, Jake Roberts' recent appearance on Joe Rogan, The Young Bucks and Cody on Talk is Jericho, a few post ones with Morrow when he was on with us, when Arda was on with us, a vote for Dr. Courtney Raj from our crown jewel post show lovely thank you those were uh some of the the ones receiving votes (laughs) all right let us move on to best podcast that is not part of the post wrestling network and i I think you can go many different directions here whether it is a wrestler hosted one whether it's another news one uh i there's a number of wrestling shows that i listen to uh i give honorable mention to the fix with wade keller and todd martin to wrestlenomics radio mm-hmm. uh but my choice was wrestling observer radio with dave Meltzer, brian alvarez and garrett gonzalez who is also doing uh shows with them as well was my pick let's go to way that was mine as well you know um I, I also want to give honorable mention, though, to WrestleNomics uh, and also to the Lion Marks. They're two uh, wrestling podcasts that I feel really have found their niche. You know, WrestleNomics, of course, dealing with the, the economic side of uh, uh, professional wrestling. And then the Lion Marks gives you um, a New Japan wrestling fans, uh, local New Japan wrestling fans perspective. But um, for me, Dave and Brian, I think, are excellent. You know, besides the, the man sitting diagonally from me, Dave is to me, the most trusted source for wrestling news. I don't always agree with their opinions, but I always respect them. And so we'll often do our shows right after Raw, and then I'll often go to listen to what they thought because they always, you know, bring something different to that I might have not thought about. Braden, uh, I pick Sunday night's main event because fuck the beef. I miss you. And that's just being real with you. <laughs> well, it's very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I went for something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Um, I, I find it interesting, similar to the Omega Jericho interview, just anytime you get to look behind the curtain and why these big things happen and why those decisions were made, I find super interesting. Um, so yeah. And I think Conrad is awesome on that. Uh, Bruce is pretty frustrating at times to listen to, but it is very interesting to hear like the guy who was by Vince's side all those years. Um, how things went about. All right, let's go to the listener picks. We had um, the number one pick was something to wrestle with, with 12.7% of the vote, followed by Wrestling Observer Radio, ENC's Pod of Awesomeness, Talk is Jericho, The Voices of Wrestling Flagship, 
what happened when and OSW review as the top boat getters. So those were the choices made. Next category, an interesting one, a new one, best social media account. And I think you can go uh, much like the last one. You can go many, many different directions here. It's whether it's a news source, whether it's someone that you just find entertaining um, for ones that I, I just find to be, you know, Twitter accounts that I find really informative that I enjoy. Uh, Alan Blackstock, who does these great like deep dives into wrestlers, just like with these long stories about them with highlights of their careers. I think for a wrestler, that I find just so entertaining on Twitter because he's different than everyone. A local uh, performer, RJ City. I think he's hilarious on <laughs> yes, Twitter. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Uh, John Cena's Instagram. Uh, Cena's Instagram is amazing. Is really good. But my choice is Game Changer Wrestling, who I think they have been able to just penetrate the wrestling zeitgeist and completely understand their audience when they have a big announcement. They build up to it so well. They have you know, the state of the art videos that they were pr producing are to me what everyone should be following. And I think that they just have such a great handle on their fan base. And that's why they've been one of the, the top independent outlets this year where you can really showcase the power uh, of being an influencer in the wrestling social media landscape. Davey. Um, an honorable mention would be John Cena for me. Uh, I think he's hilarious. I think he knows and understands how much of a reach he has. So when he posts a picture of like Kenny Omega coming up to the rumble, right. he knows everyone's going to go crazy and he just sits back and enjoys it. But Becky Lynch is my pick. I think she's been great this year. Right, she's, been um, she's any kind of uh, battle she's had on Twitter with someone. She just kills it. Like she killed Corey Graves last week where she he made Jericho. a comment and she's just like, Oh, you're just here to observe me be the guy and uh, be the man. Um, yeah, she's hilarious. Brayden. Um, my honorable mention goes to Becky Lynch because she uh, just near, just as soon as like the end of the year came around and she started getting really popular, her Twitter was, she's just been a savage, but I'm going with the man who spoiled infinity war for everyone <laughs> on Twitter. The biggest heel of 2018, Tomasa Champa. How could you do such a... I think a, that's a worse stuff, horrendous, horrendous. You <laughs> spoiled it. Therefore, uh, you're a dick and I love it. Uh, he's so funny. He refuses to actually tag people. So he'll go at and then say the person's name, uh, which is really funny. He just cuts promos on promos on Twitter. So I'm really him. glad this is a category because I think... Great category, In 2018, guys. it's like yes. it's incredibly important to have yes. a good social media presence. And I think pro wrestling... It translates to social media right. so well and you see people that take advantage of it and people who are completely clueless clueless but um i want to give honorable mention to pco who i think <laughs> has for a man who's 52 years old the man seems to understand viral videos way better than uh, a lot of people my age or younger um he's just incredibly entertaining Every single video that he posts with Destro, uh, to me, he is a must follow. And uh, but I have to also go with Becky Lynch. Even before she was the man, she was doing some really cool stuff on Instagram as a baby face. You know, doing very clever, displaying her wit in many creative ways that that you know, obviously we didn't get to see on TV. But the moment she became this new character, she's taken that concept onto Twitter in a whole new level. So uh, she's my favorite social media account. Top three. 
Number three, with 3.6% of the votes, Kevin Owens. Number two, with 5.6%, Tommaso Ciampa. And in a landslide, Becky Lynch, 60.9% of the votes. She runs away with this department. And yeah, I think that 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 has been a big part of this push that I don't think gets a whole lot of focus is how she is doing this Mm 24-7. And it's not just on SmackDown every week. Uh, I think it's been a, a big part of the momentum that she's been able to bring about. Okay, now we go to most improved performer. Let's start with Brayden. Who is your most improved performer of 2018? Uh, I pick Cody Rhodes or Cody, uh, just because I've been a fan of him when he was in WWE and then he left and everyone's like, oh, it's such a crazy thing. Uh, I was never a fan of his wrestling. Uh, I always thought he was a good promo. I thought he had a good character. He's a Rhodes kid. It's instant money. But his matches just really never did it for me. But then I watched him at Wrestle Kingdom against Kota Ibushi and I was like, Hmm, that wasn't bad. And then uh, I got to see him and Kenny and Kota. Maybe it's just Kota Bushi who makes Cody Rhodes a better wrestler. However, um, his his matches this year were way better than anything before. So I, I think Cody Rhodes has improved greatly. Davey. Um, I, uh, honorable mention to Buddy Murphy. Um, True. He's someone who was on NXT for a while. He was tag champion for a while. And to be honest, back then... I wouldn't be able to pick him out from True. which one's Wesley Blake, which one's Buddy Murphy. He didn't really do anything for me. I think he's completely reinvented himself. He's helped to 5 such a great deal, and he's a fantastic wrestler. But my most improved has to be, again, to Becky Lynch. Um, I was never a fan. I know a load of people liked Becky. Um, I've never liked her. I found her irritating. Um, to me, she was like that... Um, cover teacher at school who would come into your lesson when your teacher's sick and would try to make you enthusiastic about learning and would try to talk on your level by saying words like bro and things and it would just put me off completely that was becky lynch until this was she, a hatred davy yeah i she, really he actually did not really like dislike he's becky. british they don't like irish people you know <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like the change in character really won me over uh, she's fantastic. She's putting on fantastic matches. Everything from the social media account to her interviews, everything. I think she's all round improved. Um, my honorable mentions were uh, two female performers, uh, one being Bianca Belair, who I think is going to be a big, big breakout star for them, and Tessa Blanchard on Impact Wrestling, who I think has become the best part of Impact Wrestling. Uh, my choice was Hangman Page. Phenomenal G1 um certainly a big part of the elite but i think sometimes he's he's not the focused member but i see him having a huge upside in 2019 him being part of that group that is leaving ring of honor i think that's a big hole to be um leaving in ring of honor losing hangman page and i think he has just matured into an excellent excellent performer way uh page would be my honorable mention i think he's been uh fantastic not again not just as a wrestler but also as a personality uh but if we're simply comparing somebody's stock from 2017 to 2018 i think it has to be becky lynch our listeners voted uh third place with 10.1 percent of the votes was hangman page 10.8 percent of the votes just uh edging out hangman page was becky lynch 19.3 percent voted for velveteen dream as the most True. improved. He just so, keeps getting better though. Babe. He was a lot of people's pick last year. Right. I don't know if he's made the same um, improvements year he, over year. I but, think he has improved, but he just keeps getting better. So next one is angle of the year. Uh, I went with uh, Gato turning on Kazuchika Okada after their long association. And then uh, Gato uh, going, uh, going against him. Uh, I thought that this was 
the fact that they kept them paired for so long, the turn meant something. Uh, we recently watched uh, SummerSlam 2013 where they did it with Paul Heyman and CM Punk. And yes, they had the affiliation, but it to me wasn't, it wasn't years. It was six years of these two attached at the hip that Ghetto, this was his protege. And I thought it was a great angle um, when they finally executed it, that you actually had sadness that these two are no longer together. Way, what was your angle of 2018? My angle of the year was the Bullet Club is fine storyline where uh, <laughs> Cody and Kenny Omega uh, butted heads for the leadership of the Bullet Club, tearing the entire group apart. Uh, it was a story that was largely told in being the elite, and I just thought they did a great job turning an organic rivalry between two alpha males in the stable into a war that split the entire team apart. In the process, I thought Cody turned into one of the hottest heels of 2018. It reunited the Golden Lovers, and I felt it was a feud that was responsible for uh, be, selling out um, Supercard of Honor, uh, you know, making making that strong style of bald main events mean so much. And uh, at that time, I'm sure it played a big part into the success of All In later on in September. Braden. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say honorable mention to that Bullet Club simply because they made a whole angle pretty much over a YouTube show and it's really cool but uh i watch nxt every week and i wouldn't necessarily say this is the best angle but i'm gonna say it's my favorite angle because this is I, my number two okay because because i might put this as a worst angle as well oh maybe certain, we don't have the same no one no no i'm talking about how for three months we didn't know who attacked alistair black who did do the attack and i hated it i hated the whole angle and everything but then when it was the final reveal, I was like, this is this is so fucking great. And it was when it was revealed that Johnny Gargano turned and, and it was the, the evil guy. And there was so much other things in wrestling this year. But this one had me like laughing and enjoying it. I just was like, ah, oh, you got me and I love it. So uh, that's the angle. But not necessarily Aleister Black being attacked, but the reveal that it was Gargano is what I really like. That was my favorite this year. Davey, did you go with the same or did you have a new one? Yeah, who killed Alistair Black? That's my <laughs> best angle of the year. Um, what I like with NXT is it doesn't feel like pockets of different wrestlers on islands doing their own thing on the show. Uh, and this storyline accentuated that. Everyone was involved in it from uh, the women to the tag team to the <clears> men's division. All of them were involved with this angle. And then the payoff made sense. It wasn't Rikishi who did it. It <laughs> Made complete sense. You were mad, actually. I was mad. We watched this, I and I really was laughing, mad. and he was so mad. And but it it made complete sense. It was Johnny Gargano. He was kind of justified in doing what he did. It made complete sense for the story, and completely changed his character in the process. Um, and then led to an awesome match. So yeah, who killed Alistair Black? <laughs> yeah, I thought the payoff when when Alistair Black storms into full sail, badass, and killing everyone. It's like. This guy is a megastar. Right. Uh, that is just, you know, could be a top baby face on the main roster. I thought it was such a great, you know, climax to all of it. And yeah, that was my honorable mention. Yeah, was, when he walks the in there, he's he's hauling out. He's kicking people left and right. It's like Stone Cold coming like back. Austin yeah, when he took on the it's alliance. It's so cool. I, I showed a non wrestling friend the, the the match, and in the video package, they show that clip, and he was like, "Who is this guy with the tattoos? He's so scary, walking around kicking people." It's true. It's great. Top three were the Golden Lovers reunion. Number two, who attacked Aleister Black. Number one, the rise of Becky Lynch, which I don't know if that that's that's not really an angle. That's right. more, you know, a, she turned on Charlotte, though. 
I guess that's the angle. But that got 19.6% of the votes. Uh, this is another new one that we added. Best celebrity involvement. <laughs> Let's start with Brayden. Uh, I Who came into this world and just wowed you? <laughs> I instantly wrote down David Arquette and then deleted it instantly. <laughs> you thought about saving him for worse stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I couldn't even think of one. This was one I didn't fill out until later on. I was like, oh, I guess that counts. Um, I don't watch the show Arrow. Never have, probably never will. So Stephen Amell is just some guy from Toronto. But I'm going to pick Stephen Amell at All In in Chicago because, man, if you're not a wrestler, you sure proved yourself to me, bud. Because that was that – was, didn't he do like a coast-to-coast? Coast? What did he do? Yeah. yeah. He was great. So I picked Stephen Amell because he's Wait. a celebrity. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one because my favorite celebrity involvement of 2018 – was Weedus Fuck you. Playing Nate, oh. play Nate Webb's entrance at Joey Janela's Lost in New York. I did not watch the show live, John, but I saw it after the fact, and it was spectacular. Maybe the best entrance of 2018. This is one of those categories that I was having a hard time with, and then I remembered that, and it was one of those answers. I'm like, I know I'll be the only one with this. And <laughs> Weedus scooped me. Mine was Weedus was at so Joey Janela's Lost in New York. Nate Webb, like the best entrance. He comes out and... The guy gets involved physically with MJF. It's I, I rewatched it this week, and it was just so great. Um, just just a perfect use of a celebrity in a wrestling landscape for the best audience possible at that show in New York over SummerSlam weekend. Davey. I couldn't really think of anyone else apart from Stephen Amell in All In. I thought the build was pretty good on being the elite, um, and he pulled off a good match. It wasn't by any means the best match on the show, but... He did fine, and I also couldn't think of any other celebrities. Yeah, it kind of goes to show. Like, maybe... can I read a few of them? Okay. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I, who else is there? Yeah, I'm not else? gonna read all of them, but just to get you, um, uh, first of all, uh, we got one vote for Weezer at Lost in New York. <laughs> it was not Weezer. Uh, Wale hosting the rap battle was thrown in there. Which oh, this year. was that this year? Oh, was that this year? Last year. That was not okay. this year. That might not have been uh, accurate then. Yeah. Um, Kid Rock at the Hall of Fame. Um, Enzo Amore at Survivor Series, <laughs> uh, Billy Corgan and the NWA. I guess I can t- can Stop. is considered. Uh, we did get two votes for Weedus. There was a separate, so technically they should have had three votes. I guess if you include Weezer, um, John Oliver's criticism of WWE in Saudi Arabia. I guess, <laughs> that got multiple votes. Uh, John Mayer ringside at All In. Uh, Nita Strauss playing Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance, and then the top three. The third one I don't think counts. Ronda Rousey and WWE. Second was David Arquette, Nick Gage, and number one by a landslide. 52.5% of the votes for Stephen Amell at All In against Christopher Daniels. This might have been a, a, maybe a more competitive category had it been like 2008 oh, or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Bob but, Barker or whatever maybe, they had those people. Maybe wrestling's moved on. Good. We just kept it alive. <laughs> yeah. So the, the bar is going to be upped in 2019. This Another new one. Best piece of merchandise. This was strictly done for you, Braden. I know. When no, I knew for you me, were going to be on the panel. For me, talk about it to him. <laughs> well, this guy buys more shit. This than is me. definitely your category, but uh, why don't you start things off, Way? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Threw uh, a curveball there. <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I thought this was an important category because, uh, especially you know, us being at All In, we saw the importance of T-shirts as really a, 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 a as i look at all this as like you know sort of a lifeblood of independent wrestling and wrestling in general wrestling fans for whatever reason just take to t-shirts the same way band bands you know uh music fans like love t-shirts so uh there were a lot of great choices i thought this year um 
I felt my favorite shirt this year was the Villain Club Gold Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked on Pro Wrestling Tees, and this was, uh, it seems like it was the top selling shirt of the year. Something about Marty Scurll's aesthetic fits so beautifully with that iconic design of the Bullet Club logo. And I thought uh, when Pro Wrestling Tees or whoever was involved made this gold colored version, it just added that perfect classy touch to really dress it up and make it, to me, my, my favorite shirt of the year. Just dripping in that villain finesse That's yeah right. uh pro wrestling tees have the cr- i'm wearing thanks scrump um i have too many that's a great them. hoodie yeah it's very comfortable i wear it a lot pro wrestling tees.com it's very, very comfortable, comfortable. Um, keeps me warm before we went we all went to chicago for all in before we went there uh scrump sent me like a year ago prior more than that uh bullet club with the chicago flag logo and i was like oh my god he sent me this because punk is coming and then years later we found out that wasn't the thing but when when we were there i wore my chicago bullet club shirt and they were selling it and people had it however they had a different one that david bought and i thought that was the coolest shirt that, that i saw that weekend and it's the chaos logo in the chicago oh the, the chicago variant of the chaos yeah, yeah it looks so cool so i thought that was cool david bought it i was like is this your pick or is this just a story i'm picking this as okay. my because it's just it's just cool uh, i did see the cool villain uh stuff as, as well yeah. uh, i think the villain's shirts are honorable mention to everything that guy i swear he puts out a t-shirt every day he makes millions of dollars from t-shirts. I, I think one of the really interesting things about this whole all elite thing is, you know, um, how are they going to kind of, uh, will they see the same success with their elite branded clothing right. as, as you know, with the, with the loss of the bullet club logo, they lose that logo. That's yeah. a big thing. They I don't have, think so. I think that this is so much about these guys more right. so than what's on the shirt. I think the fact that the shirt looks so great really helps too. It, uh, it did. The, the classic bullet club was a great shirt and all the one, all the variables that they had are really great. Um, and then now they're just going to change them but, into their own. But of course it takes both like the bullet club shirts. I'm sure are, are going to sell a lot less without, you For know, sure they will, attached yeah. to it. So anyway, we uh, we'll build up to Davey's pick. Um, I just, for an honorable mention, I included uh, Becky's the man shirt only because I think that that, if she breaks through, that could be her Austin 316 shirt. Right. Like I can see that shirt translating over into pop culture that other women are wearing. And it could be like this big, big um, moniker that's attached. That is Becky Lynch's. Uh, but my choice, because I just always have loved this shirt, bad luck follies, fuck them shirt. <laughs> that is my choice. Davey. Um Easy, Kyrie Zane's pirate hat. Oh, <laughs> we said merchandise. Actually, we did not say perfect. t-shirts. They sell it, right? Yeah. Do you, do you Why don't you own it? You have one. I'm assuming you're getting me oh, one right. for Christmas, <laughs> right, so right. I haven't quite purchased Spoilers. one. Spoilers. Yeah. Wow. Who, who wouldn't want one? The top listener picks: uh, Marty Skrull's Villain Club shirt was fifth. Golden Elite shirt was four. Bullet Club number three. Number two with four point seven percent of the votes was the Post Wrestling T-shirt, yes. and number one, seventeen point eight percent was Becky Lynch's The Man shirt. So those were. I gotta the, give me that the man shirt. Yeah, Becky. we got a few votes for the toque as well. All right, whoa, yeah, not the course. beanie. Where do they get those? Store.postwrestling.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Braden. <laughs> All right, best music. Off. Another Braden topic. Uh, this can be an entrance theme. This can be a pay per view theme. Uh, music associated somehow in the world of wrestling. Uh, I will start off this one. It's we'll, a clean sweep. It's not going to be a clean oh, sweep. Okay. Just I check. think I'll, Just I'll guarantee that. Just check. I granted part of this is because of the wrestler who I just always enjoy his big matches. But to me, when it's a main event and I hear Dvorak symphony number nine, Mm. four as Walter comes out, that is my favorite wrestlers theme song Mm -hmm. way. 
Uh, my choice for this, I uh, there you know there are a lot of great theme, themes in particular. I mean, it's it's interesting because like when you're talking about a great wrestling theme, it's it's obviously a combination of the song being great, but also how well the audience reacts to it as well. I guess I didn't really pay attention to my own <laughs> definitions of it. Um, I want to give a special honorable mention to "Never Look Back" by Matthew Massey. Uh, of course, uh, the being the elite montage music that Papa Buck like Papa Buck. A, a really bad song, like <laughs> genuinely, but the fact that like it's connected so well and it's cheesiness with that type of YouTube video, I think really makes it stand out. But my actual favorite song uh, related to wrestling this year was a gentleman named uh, Josiah Williams, who goes by Russell and flow on Twitter. Right. Uh, he basically what he likes to do is he takes remixes from uh, uh, entrance themes and he freestyles all over them. So I kind of want to just give use this time to, to kind of give a bit of a spotlight on him. My particular favorite song that he did this year was of the Gorillas of Destiny theme song, which was a song that I never really paid all too much attention to before. But to, to have his wonderful lyrics over top of it, his wonderful flow on top of it. Uh, made me pay a lot more attention to that song. It was my favorite wrestling song, 2018. Davey, what was your best music of 2018? Um, I went for Blood in the Water by Grandson. Yeah. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Um, you may recognize it from the show Riverdale, John. A great just check. Checking, just checking. It's, uh, there's something when you're at TakeOver events, when the loading screen comes up of the next match, and this song just fitted it so well. And the crowd always go nuts whenever... I mean, it's always stacked, those cards. So whatever image comes up. And I think the kind of like high-pitched, manic, siren sound of this song just perfectly fitted for this, perfectly fitted for the feud between Champa and Gargano. Um, and it's funny, it comes on at work a lot and it irritates a lot of people because it's quite an irritating song. And people, yeah. That's how it goes. That's it. That one. And everyone changes the channel whenever it comes on, but I can't hear it and not like it because it takes me back to that event and brayden you chose new orleans by kid rock for wrestlemania obviously uh no uh honorable mention goes to two different people one is alistair black his music is not new this year but i love that it doesn't song. have to be new sure yeah i love that song yeah, uh no man is purely whatever um but honorable mention goes to Ty- tynara Con- conchi oh Conti? Her song's yep. a that's not yeah. me it's like a Dizzy uh, Ross it's like of. it's, it's like skepta or something i don't know it's lit However, I have to ask you something. Are you all in? Because <laughs> oh, that God. is my number oh, one. I forgot fan. about all in. <laughs> Downstate, are you all in? The theme song for all in. The amount of hatred I grew for that song on that car ride. That longer than needed car ride to Chicago was unbearable. I think we listened to that song about like And then we ran by it. Well, you weren't around. Me and Wayne like walked right past Downstate at the convention. They were just hanging around. How do you around. know what downstate looks How do you know like? what they look like? Because there was a sign that shirts. said downstate next to them. <laughs> um, that song was amazing. They play, I, I called it. They played it for every video, for everything in the arena, being at that arena, and then hearing it every time. I just giggle because I annoyed you with it. But actually, it's a banger. The listener selections. We'll do the top five here. Number five was Minoru Suzuki. Number four, Tommaso Ciampa. Number three, Undisputed Era. Two, was Alistair Black and number one with sixteen percent of the votes, Shinsuke Nakamura. I presume the the, the newer, newer updated actual version. Honorable mention goes to Champa's music. He did not have music before. Uh, he would come out with nothing, and then people would just boo him. And then he added music, and then cut a promo about it. It's pretty cool music, actually. I will say among the better entrances of the year for pro wrestling, that Nakamura entrance at WrestleMania I thought was awesome. <laughs> he comes out, he's just 
totally like in his Michael Jackson skin. It was an awesome entrance. With I uh, like the the addition too to, to the Nakamura with the mm. lyrics and stuff. In me, I I like the newer one yeah, better than the last cool. one. It's gangster. All right, best digital series. Uh, this can be you can go many different ways uh, with this. Uh, what was your choice, Braden? Um, I enjoy the twenty four show i believe it's called that uh i i don't have the network i just leech off of david's and whenever a pay-per-view ends or a raw ends or whatever and then they air like those 24 specials i always get sucked into them uh there was one was it this year that they did the one on the hardys yes and the one pr- that one was crazy i'm a huge hardy boys fan and that like they showed their like demons a little bit like they didn't kind of gloss over things they were like hey this is what's the deal and I really liked it, but they just did uh, a year, including like footage of like Matt Hardy screwed yeah. up, Jeff asking for pills. Yeah, a like shoot. it was so real that I, I was shocked that what they would put into that. And I'm not sure if it's the same show, but they just did the AJ Styles, or is that a three six five? Three six five. Ah, okay. Well, I, I enjoyed the twenty four, but the the three six five where AJ Styles is just having his year, like of being the guy essentially, and it's so great. And like they go to like. This uh, video game store in Tokyo, something potato, I'm forgetting the name. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, super potato, yeah. Super Potato. Yeah, Super Potato. It's just cool. It's like seeing someone. I like these videos where you get to see people that I watch every week and they're like superheroes to you. And then in these things, they're actual just people. This guy's just trying to buy video games in a store and like look at cool shit. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And the Hardy is like, oh, they're, they have demons. It's cool to kind of see that aspect when for years WWE would like pretend that never happened. So for them to document it themselves, it's really interesting to watch. And I never thought in a million years that I would watch these kinds of things, but I, I get hooked so quick into them because it's, it's interesting. So I give shout out to, I don't know which one. I, I don't even know the names of the shows, 24, 365, whatever it is. I picked that. Okay. Those are two different series. <laughs> so you're picking 24. <laughs> Davey. Uh, well, I went with 365. Sure. Um, uh, the Kevin Owens one, especially I thought was fascinating. That one was very good. The moment he, comes into Gorilla after his match against Jericho at WrestleMania. <laughs> and he goes to Vince like, we were good. And Vince like, nope. And just clearly hated the match. And it was really interesting just seeing him at his lows. There's another bit going into that WrestleMania where he's in the car and he pulls up next to, I think it's AJ and Charlotte. And he's like, hey, remember last month when we were all champions? <laughs> and they're like, uh, and it all these little moments where you can... Re- really see how frustrated he is and how much of a perfectionist he is. Um, the AJ one was uh, was good as well. I can't remember as much. We watched it after our Survivor Series viewing party with the Bushbees and uh, Jesse from the Six. And we, we'd we had a few pops, so I can't remember that one quite as right, clearly. Okay. But the yeah, that uh, Kevin Owens 3605 especially, I thought was fascinating. Uh, I went with 10 pounds of gold, uh, mainly for the buildup to All In, where right. they took a match in Cody and Nick Aldis that people dumped on when that match was announced. And being in the building that night, uh, the heat was out of this world. When Cody pinned Nick Aldis, I haven't been to too many matches that have generated that level of just the buzz during that walkout throughout the the entire body of that 20-minute match and then exploding as Cody won the title. And I think all of that is attributable to how well they promoted that match on that series. So that to me is the goal of any of these series that we go. It's to build programs, to build performers so that you have that connection. And they took what was a cold match. I didn't think people were too hot for it. And they turned it into that to me was my favorite match at all in just because of the the story and the reaction that they were able to generate way. 
uh, my choice this year, and and again, and again, like this was a year where I feel like this scene kind of really blew up. You know, ten pounds of gold was excellent. Um, WWE have really been capitalizing between uh, their Chronicle series, their Day of series, three sixty five and twenty twenty four. Uh, but also on YouTube, a lot of wrestlers themselves are taking kind of social media into their own hands and providing their own passions uh, in video form. Uh, and of course, up up down down deserves a shout out. Sheamus's workout videos deserve a shout out. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins have an action figure youtube series. yes i don't know if you know that yes uh but to me the king still is being the elite it's a show right. that i feel is more relevant most weeks than raw i hold it responsible for a significant uh for being a significant factor in in selling out all in filling the arena for super card of honor and anybody who seems to appear on that show uh between you know people like flip gordon and scu their careers have skyrocketed i would say because of their uh association you you to a lesser extent we'll, we'll see uh the listeners chose uh in third place 10 pounds of gold second the edge and christian show and number one 66.2 percent of the votes being the elite I, I i would have picked it if i just didn't think of it oh. and it's funny it's interesting because it's like a youtube thing i think of it completely outside the machine yeah youtube but is digital but you know what i actually i love that show as well so yeah. i say what Should up to that pick? yeah you're sure. you're down for 24 <laughs> it's, it's, it's written in stone <laughs> Uh, did everyone have a choice for best book? Did this come down to me? Am I alone here? I am choosing that on behalf of the panel. Uh, Nitro by Guy Evans. On oh, yeah, that, that was oh, great. I loved oh, that it. was a good read. The so history good. of WCW that I will lend to all three of you. you. Um, Davey can read it a second time. Uh, honorable mention to Death of the Territories by Tim Hornbaker, which was also a really great read on the history of just the whole territorial system. And our listeners chose uh, in third place, Crazy Like a Fox on Brian Pillman by Liam O'Rourke. Number two, Eggshells by Chris Charlton. And number one was Nitro by Guy Evans with 32.5% of the votes. Next topic was, okay, this is where we separated them. We are going to um, give our pick for best TV show overall, but this is specific to best wrestling TV episode, one specific episode of a series from this past year. So I'll start things off. I chose the September 8th episode of Ring of Honor, which featured one of my favorite matches on television this year. It was Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham in their Iron Man match. One of the one of the best matches I watched on television this year, maybe my favorite televised match. Uh, just an excellent star making performance from Jonathan Gresham that I think you know, he has had a lot of buzz on him, but this match I thought kind of had him break through to the audience and Jay lethal was excellent throughout this match. Uh, some people gave this five stars. I thought it was just a tremendous 60 minute episode um, led by that title match. Braden. Um, I, I kind of just did what you did. I picked a TV match that I really liked and I kind of just picked that. Uh, it wasn't an Iron Man match that took up most of the episode, but it was an episode of NXT. Uh, it was the tag team title match between Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate versus Undisputed Era. And it was where this this match happened on TV. But because of that, I'm picking that episode. It's so I, This was a hard one to pick because I'm thinking of so many things that either happen on like a Raw or a SmackDown or an NXT that I really, really liked. But when it came down to it, I just I think TV match, this was mine. So I'm picking that because of the match so nxt i think it was i have it here july 11th yeah something like that so i picked that one 
Davey, your favorite episode. So uh, I picked that one as well. I worked backwards. Um, so I picked that TV match. But when I looked at the whole episode, it, you had Danny Birch against Adam Cole. And that match was fantastic as well. Danny Birch is one of my, him and Oni Lorkin are so good on NXT TV. They just bring it every week. And Adam Cole is obviously fantastic as well. And my girl Kyrie Zane was on this episode as well. So uh, to have that makes Kyrie sense. a hard hitting singles match and that tag the match. first isn't that the first five star ta- uh, match on WWE TV like in TV in TV true like, true years probably ever I don't know I really enjoyed that match. If you consider it TV, I guess the lines are a little blurred. But we're talking I guess weekly series An episode, yes. yeah, yeah, weekly yeah, episode with commercial yeah. breaks, yeah, way. Uh, my choice this year, I mean, first of all, you know, this is a category that obviously really benefits, you know, the hour long programs. Like I'm trying to think of like, was there an episode of Raw or SmackDown that could be in contention for this? I mean, there was that Seth Rollins Iron Man match one probably came. I got a lot close. of both. True. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But uh, at the last minute I realized, oh, this is best TV wrestling episode. So I went with glow season two episode four <laughs> the mother of all matches this was the episode featuring the welfare queen of course played by kia stevens formerly awesome kong who visits her son at stanford university and the episode deals with her being forced to confront her own discomfort with playing a negative african-american stereotype for a pro wrestling audience i thought it was incredibly complex and deep and kia stevens was amazing so if you're going to watch any episode of glow this year i i urge everybody to check that one out all right, this was a strange one because the listeners, 30.7% of the votes was for other. And I don't know what that means. So that one's thrown out. Yeah. So the number one choice was with 9.7%, the July 11th, 2018 episode of NXT with oh. Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain, followed by the Raw episode with the Rollins Gauntlet match and the NXT episode from July 25th, that same month with Aleister Black versus Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh, yes, that was a good match. That was where Ciampa won the title. Yeah. yeah. All right, now we go on to best wrestling uh, t- television show. So this you're encompassing an entire series, and I'll start the thought off because I'm dovetailing off of way. I chose Glow um, as my favorite wrestling television show. I, I thought that the second season was. I thought it built upon the first season. I thought they went deeper with a lot of the different characters with uh, Kia Stevens being one of them, who was the star of that episode. And I I thought that they were able to, yeah, just peel back a lot more layers and go deeper with, with many of them. So uh, glow was my pick. Uh, Let's go to Davey. Um, Surprise, surprise. I went Hmm. for NXT. Um, Not only is it my favorite wrestling show every week, I think this is the best year NXT has ever had. And NXT is always pretty strong, but the whole year has been solid. And obviously, um, jumping on the show this year, I've been watching it and talking it and thinking about it more than I normally would. Um, But week in and week out, it's very rare we come off a show and go, ugh, like, what do we talk about there? That was awful. So you very, guys, very, you, you guys watch a three-hour show or a two-hour show, and you're like, "Holy shit!" We watch one hour, even if it's bad. It's like that yeah, was one hour. So <laughs> uh, I look forward to NXT every week. I, I love that show. Well, I picked NXT. Surprise, surprise. David is absolutely right. This is the best year in in NXT. When when this show was really getting going, when you had like Finn Balor, everyone was like, "This is amazing. This is so cool and so niche." And then look where it's like even evolved to. It's 
so fantastic. And yeah, it's only an hour. So I look forward to it because I'm like, oh, they tell me what matches are, if there is any big ones. They tell me what it's going to be. I know they're going to deliver. It's only an hour out of my life. I can totally watch it. And right. I always watch it. It's great. They promote for the next week so well. They're so like, smart. We, we've got an episode coming on tonight. And, and we know it's and we know what it's going to be. And then we know what's coming on. They'll announce one week, uh, one match for two weeks from now and stuff like that. So right. it, it's constantly getting you excited about and, what's going to happen. And specifically this year, like the characters that you guys will probably review in the future because they'll all leave NXT. They might and not be the same characters. Exactly. <laughs> so we really like them for the way they were this year. Like there's so many different aspects that made this show great. But you can listen to us talk about it every Thursday on postwrestling.com. Yeah. Take care of Lacey Evans and EC3. Yeah, take care of the riffraff there. Take all of them. We're all the general manager now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we are the general manager. Wait, what was your best wrestling TV show? You know, I certainly would have went with Glow, but I think, like, for this category, I I definitely, um, you know, look for quality of output and consistency of output. And to me, it has to be NXT. You know, when we look at uh, 52, 53 episodes a year and all of them, uh, even the worst ones being pretty okay and pretty decent. And I think just doing a great job of like giving you non-insulting professional wrestling in a high quality uh, form. So yeah, that gets my vote. Top three were at number three being the elite. Number two was SmackDown at 16.8% and number one, 66% of the votes. Raw, no, <laughs> NXT. <laughs> Raw did not fare That's well week. in our voting. Okay, we continue on up and we go over to best <laughs> event. This was a tough category. I had uh, Wrestle Kingdom down here. I had Dominion down. Uh, but the one I went to, of all the shows I went to WrestleMania weekend, this was one I did not go to. NXT TakeOver New Orleans Whoa. that had the six-way ladder match that had Ciampa versus Gargano. Black versus Almas, Baszler versus Moon, and me and Wei were barely conscious coming home, doing a podcast, and then watching this. And I'm like all groggy watching this. I'm like, this is a really, really great show. And, you know, we we saw a lot of great wrestling that weekend, but it seemed that from start to finish, I, I thought that was the, the the show of the weekend. And in my opinion, show of the year. Let's go to Wei. Yeah, I mean, uh, great choice. Uh, I I think for me, I had to think back to uh, what really affects me though is like watching a show live. For me, I really feel like I connect more, a lot more with the show if I t- watch. Yeah, it me too, hundred percent. So I I'm sure if I went to that NXT New Orleans show, I might have like really felt the same way. But I ha- kind of have to choose the shows that I feel um, I, I I really connected with the most. And for me, uh, it was an early winner this year in Wrestle Kingdom 12 uh, between Omega, Omega and Jericho, uh, the Osprey Squirrel, Hiromu, Kushida, four-way, uh, Naito Okada, of course, but also even a match like Goto Suzuki for the hair. I thought top to bottom with the pomp and circumstance of the entire event in the Tokyo Dome, to me, that was the card of the year. Yeah, uh, I'll jump in. I agree with Wei. That is my pick as well. You were also there live. Yes. So that change, Wei just did it for me. That Sorry. changes everything. When you're at an event, it makes it so much more special. Uh, also, when you go to the Tokyo Dome, you can bring your own alcohol in. <laughs> Guys, you can bring Number one your own right drinks. You know, you can do that at Raw. You can do that at just about any wrestling show. No, you can't bring your own. No, you can't oh, bring sorry. your own. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant to bring, bring your own alcohol. So in. I brought my own in, and I was like, ha, they let me bring my own drinks in. And then I look at the prices for the drinks there, and they're so cheap. It's wow. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom was so good. Uh, yeah, I traveled all acro- across the world, and I went to this event. Really great event, though. I, I loved 
the two main events and the four way holds a special place in my in my heart because I was so invested in all of the matches. And that four way though had the the Skrull and Osprey storyline, the the Takahashi, and then you had Kushida. Everything in that event really, uh, I, I couldn't pick the match I needed to go to the bathroom for. That's when you know it's a good event. What when when can I go get my beer? When can I go do this? I don't want to miss anything. Uh, that that whole event was like my favorite thing I've ever been to. I can't ever see myself going to. I've never been to WrestleMania, but I can't I can't see myself going to WrestleMania and being like this is better than that because it won't be. So I pick Wrestle Kingdom twelve. So great. Before you give your answer, Davey, how many takeovers did you go to this year? Did you go to two or just one? This year I went to. The Philadelphia Rumble. Oh, you were at Philadelphia. Uh, New Orleans and Brooklyn. Oh, so you went to three. I've done three this year. Uh, did you go with a takeover or did you have another I went with a takeover. I went for a takeover New Orleans. Um, yeah, just start to end. It was fantastic. We, uh, I was staying, I shared a room with three other people and two of them went to the ROH show that night and the others went to uh, takeover. And when we got back, they just said, I heard TakeOver was awesome. We need to watch it now. So pretty much as soon as I got back from watching it, we saw it on the on our computer. And it's it was just the best show. That uh, show is stacked. Among the top 12, every TakeOver uh, ranked in the top 12. The top five events we'll limit it to here. Number five was War Games. Number four was Wrestle Kingdom 12. Number three was Dominion. Number two was All In. And number one with 30.2% of the votes, TakeOver New Orleans. So takeovers did very, very well in the voting. Next is best broadcaster. Um, let's start with Braden. Uh, I instantly wrote Mauro Ronaldo. Instantly when I got this, I typed that in because I watch NXT. He's the greatest. Mamma mia. Oh, my God. Uh, but then rewatching matches for this whole thing, uh, I realized I really we all take Kevin Kelly for granted. Because I had to watch, was it JR that did the commentary for the tag match? Golden Lovers and the Bucks. The US. He did show. all the US ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I used to love watch, listening to JR when I was younger. And I, I can, I, it, it really uh, affected watching. And then when I watched back some Kevin Kelly, I was like, man, I really like Kevin Kelly calling some. Some of his calls are like legendary when he's. He's displaying the stories of like, you know, like the Young Bucks and the like Golden Lovers and, and all these things. He gets really intricate without doing it. So I really like him. However, Mauro Ronaldo is my pick. <laughs> you have like this know big, about- big build up and then you went <laughs> a different way. I'm all over the place. Mauro Ronaldo, the video, this is why I pick him. The video that they, they, they the release now. Yeah. They put the reaction video of him at the booth. And there's the one where he's like, he, he jumps out of his seat so many times. And then the one where like someone actually goes flying at him. It's so funny. He like gets up and <laughs> the guy goes through the table or whatever. So good. This guy puts so much of his life into this. Like he actually enjoys it. And it's almost like he's your voice in your brain when you shout and things go crazy. He's doing it for you. However, Mauro, as a huge wrestling and current hip-hop fan the uh the pop culture references they gotta like he's at a 10 he's gotta go to like an eight he's (laughs) He's gotta go to an eight like like probably going to a 12 like i don't know i love cardi b but i don't know how many times i can watch wrestling with him mentioning (laughs) cardi b in one show like moro tone it down no i love you but amazing uh those i I pick moro but again kevin kelly's great way uh yeah i 
you know, I, I, I want to use this to uh, – I, I didn't think you would pick, I guess, Kevin Kelly. So I wanted to pick <laughs> Kevin Kelly because I thought he, to me, is quickly becoming as synonymous with New Japan for an English audience as Jim Ross was to the Attitude Era. And, you know, while I don't think he's the best uh, announcer in terms of uh, technicality, in terms of theatrics, I think he's incredibly consistent. He comes through with, with a great deal of research for all of his appearances. And when the product is without him, it just does not feel the same. So I think um, – I think he's my favorite in 2018. He's an honorable mention for me. And I think an attribute about Kevin Kelly is that he is so versatile. It is very tough to develop chemistry with a partner and look at how many different people he has worked with this year, whether it's Don Callis, Rocky Romero, Chris Charlton, uh, Mark Wazorek, who was uh, one of the announcers. There was the, the recent announcer who had come over from uh, New Brunswick. Uh, Jim Ross, he called the Long Beach show with. I mean, he calls with so many different people and it's always that consistency that really lends itself well to the product i also want to mention lenny leonard who i don't think gets a whole lot of attention i think him and excalibur are two of the more underrated commentators more people are hearing excalibur now i chose uh, mora ronaldo i think that he had so much to those big shows at a time when it, the wwe product especially i think the commentary is something that doesn't get enough criticism because as people look at the lack of stars, I think that there is a direct correlation to the commentary of how great commentary can help get stars to that next level. And bad commentary, whether it's jokes you're making and making fun of matches or it's just diverting attention away, it can be a, it adds up and it it's harmful to the product. And that's the complete opposite in NXT. And I think that that's a big uh, strength of Mauro Ronaldo that maybe is not one of the strengths that always gets uh, brought up. Davey. Yeah, uh, Mauro for me as well. Um, he just makes everything sound epic. Um, calling Champer in the New Orleans match that sadistic son yeah. of a bitch and stuff like that. He gets into it. And you you think, like, would Austin be where he was if it wasn't for JR? Like, you think, you see clips of Austin, you think of JR, you hear that voice in your head. And I feel that with this era of NXT with Mauro. But also... Kevin Kelly, how would we know about risk control? (laughs) That is my favorite thing. Try explaining risk control to a non-wrestling. It hurts more if you hold the wrist. Obviously. Like, keep hold of of that wrist. Um, And I didn't know that was a thing. Here are the top five. Number five, Don Callis. Number four, Renee Young. Number three, Corey Graves. Number two, Kevin Kelly. And number one, 39.3% of the votes, Mauro Ronaldo. All right. The next category is... Best character. Uh, let's start with Way. Best character. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of curious if we do get a clean sweep for this one, but uh, I'm going to start off Becky Lynch, the man. We're not going to have a clean sweep. No, oh, we're I definitely mean. not having what? a clean sweep. Clean oh, okay, sweep. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. Uh, I'm picking uh, Balloon Okada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not picking that. Um, I. <laughs> I'm picking Velveteen Dream. Uh, I once did a show with you guys many, many years ago, and it was a uh, worst of show. And I said the worst character of the year was this guy named Velveteen Dream because I fucking hate him. And I hate that he's just a guy who thinks he's Prince in a year that Prince died. Uh, He's taken this and changed it into something completely different. Um, He wore Call Me Up Vince on his tights. I don't understand that, but I I just like everything that it is. Uh, He reminds me of of a gold dust, but like better evolved. And I, I just, I love every time there was this one thing on NXT this year 
that a lot of people scratch their heads at. And I think it became one of my favorite things in wrestling. And it was with EC3 where they're like at a pool somewhere and the way it was shot and everything was so strange. Show that to a non-wrestling fan and they'll call you crazy. However, I ate it up. I ate it up so much. If this guy is not a big star, something is wrong in the world of wrestling. This character is so uh, interesting and I love it. Velveteen Dream. Davey. Yeah, same for me. Velveteen Dream. Um, you see so often in wrestling, people are given a character and they just look uncomfortable with it. Whereas he completely owns this. You completely believe him. It is a bizarre character, but it's it's his and he owns it. And uh, all the little... Yeah, all his attire stuff. It almost reminds me of Cena's Instagram. Just it's, it's strange. It's just bizarre, and you're like, "What message are you trying to get across?" To right, us he dressed here? up like Hogan, yeah. randomly. Uh, wears uh, wore Prince Puma's tights for his yeah. match against Ricochet and stuff like that. Um, he's just he's all in in the character, and right. it's fantastic. All right, for me, I had some honorable mentions. Uh, Frankie Kazarian on being the elite, whether it's his H or Trevor right. or just his SCU character. Um, Seeing this guy all over WrestleMania weekend and just watching a lot of Game Changer, I'm putting Nick Gage as an honorable mention. I think he's unlike anyone else in wrestling, uh, but we're going to have a split tie. Becky Lynch is my best character of uh, 2018. The person I would put all my stock into to be the breakout star on that entire roster would be Becky Lynch. That could be uh, just transformative for that company. Our listener picks, our top three were Tommaso Ciampa at 8.7%, Velveteen Dream at 21%, and 24% Becky Lynch. So there you go. Uh, we clearly have our pulse on the, the market. Best on the mic. I will start this one. Uh, I went with Samoa Joe, who I think has been fantastic through his speaking this year. And even if he hasn't always been uh, booked the strongest and I think has lost in key situations and hasn't been fully, uh, his potential has not been fully realized. I think he's been dynamite uh, as a promo, but I'll say this is not an easy category. There are, when you say great promos and wrestling, it's not like this is um, a very deep pool that you can go into. I think promos are something that as state of the art as the wrestling is and, there's some great stuff about wrestling promos is not the department I look at that it, we are better off today. Like my, my honorable mentions were like Becky Lynch, Christopher Daniels, Eli Drake, who they're all great, but I don't think you have the depth that some of these other categories uh, present. Uh, let's go to Davey. Um, yeah, I found this one tough and I, I came upon this name and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And I was running through my list with a friend of mine and he was like, you're crazy. Why have you picked that? And I went with Daniel Bryan and I went with him because I believe him every time he speaks. And this is way before he's had his recent character turn and he's fantastic now and is cutting great promos. Uh, but it all comes from a a place of truth. Um, him giving his retirement speech all those years ago is one of the most honest things I've seen in wrestling. And then similarly, his announcement that he's coming back and just every time he talks, he seems genuine I believe him. And then he he's from doing it all these years because he wasn't a good promo, but he, he can weave that in now with believability for the actual storylines that are going on. Um, I like, I've said a few times on our show, I like it when wrestling is treated like a sport and he seems like someone who is, yeah, being interviewed as a sportsman rather than this big grand character. And it's great to now see him with this new heel persona that he can, take it up a notch as well 
I think if he keeps this up, I think he'll be a shoe in uh, next year. But great pick, way. I went with Samoa Joe. Uh, I think you know, even though he's had a pretty quiet um, end of 2018, I think he has exhibited exhibited skills of a really uh, top of the line promo, at least in the WWE. I'm trying to think of it, probably in all of wrestling right now. I thought he really exhibited that exhibited that in the feud with AJ Styles, doing all the stuff with AJ's family. Um, I think he really exhibits a cockiness and a smoothness that you don't really often see in professional wrestling anymore. Uh, so my pick is Samoa Joe. Brandon? Um, I have a few honorable mentions. Uh, it goes to Becky Lynch. Uh, every time she has that smug look and has the microphone, I already have to like listen into her. Uh, shout out to Kenny Omega because he can cut promos in Japanese and English. Uh, but I chose, uh, it, this was really hard for me. This might've been the hardest one because I don't necessarily think of a uh, person that's good on the mic. I think of actual promos. I think of things. WH that- Park. Right. <laughs> I think of I think of uh, things that were said on the microphone, like right when uh, the reveal of Johnny Gargano, when he he says, I'm right here. That was something that was said. Or when Aleister Black said, I'll absolve you of all your sins. That was something I like. Uh, but I'm picking Champa uh, simply because he's like been the, the top heel in NXT. He screwed over his best friend, kept screwing him over, got the title, still was a dick. He does these videos where he's like in the back of a truck and he'll cut promos like that. I just find he got like the most heat out of everything. He got the ri- he got the most rise out of me too. So I'm picking Tomasa Champa. And I think that there's something to be said there that as great as this Daniel Bryan character is, like that's my concern is that this guy is just too entertaining to be a top heel. Champa does not he doesn't run that risk at all. He has run from anything that would be redeeming about him. Even when you could tell that the silent entrance was starting to get some buzz changed it right. like some yeah. shitty rock he's not even in the video game that's how big of a heel he is like he, he's just good at making me so like sixty thousand points to buy the creative one <laughs> like we're not having him that's he's a heel in that, he's just a heel man like he's a heel i just like and, and i picked champa as my uh social media because like he's he's a chirpy little little fucker isn't he i love him yeah, he's, he's all in on the man. character yeah. um top three were the miz at 15.6 percent Second was Becky Lynch, 22.2%, and Samoa Joe won it with 24.7% of the votes. Daniel Bryan placed fifth. All right, now we're getting into the big awards, uh, starting off with Women's Match of the Year. We broke up Men's and Women's Match of the Year. Uh, This one I'm curious if we get the clean sweep. Uh, I will start things off. I go back to Evolution, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. And, of course, this can include... um, the most recent TLC show. Uh, But that to me was a very important match Uh, on that show. I thought they more than delivered. And that was everyone's match coming out of that night. And I think solidified that show that it's going to be a yearly tradition. And it was kind of the culmination that this Becky character was boiling and growing. And then that match, it just felt like it was a watershed moment for that division. And after all this time of looking at Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, and here it was Becky who looks to be the one at the forefront of all of it, who may be the one that's going to be one a even above Ronda Rousey. Like she, it's very conceivable that she is, she is, she is the best candidate that if you're going to close a WrestleMania with a women's match, it has to involve Becky Lynch. And I, I think that her and Rousey, that should be it. Becky needs the main event WrestleMania. And, and like you just said, has to have that end it's, slot. Like it, it, they have this like like gift on their hands. You know, we know that they want to headline a show with Ronda Rousey probably at some point, but 
who's Ronda's opponent? And this is the perfect person. Right. Somebody who so might hot. even be hotter right now than Ronda Rousey. Right. So it's, it's a no brainer. You never me. could have guessed a year ago yeah. that this would be the scenario. Um, so that, yeah, that was my women's match of the year. And I just, for sheer importance, it was also an incredible, incredible match on that show. Uh, uh, well, me and David, we watched uh, a lovely show called the May Young Classic. And it had uh, the, the glorious ladies of wrestling, essentially. <laughs> um, but I did not pick a match that was part of that tournament. But that whole tournament is an honorable mention. Uh, actually, Tony yeah. Storm and uh, Miko Satamoro. Oh, my God. Had to rewatch that, that match just to make sure. Um, but you're right, John, Becky Lynch and Charlotte, uh, that match watching it at the time. I remember I was kind of not super into it. And then halfway through, I think we watched it together, David. Mm-hmm. I just, I was like, this is, this is so crazy. I love it. Uh, Becky Lynch. So great. That is my women's match of the year. Charlotte and Becky tore that thing down. <laughs> I all, on that card though, at evolution, I wish, um, is it Tony Storm and Io Shirai? Yeah. It was finals. I wish they got more time. I think everyone thought that. Because that would have been my, I was so into that and it was done. And I was like, ah, well, ah no. I re- rewatched that last yeah. night. And I was like, yeah, this, oh, this that one would have been the one. Be and then it just ended. Why did they cut that? Uh, but Becky Charlotte, that's it. I'm being, I'm just saying it. They did it. The girls did it. Davey? So I went back and rewatched a load of the May Young Classic matches because I I felt Becky Charlotte would be a clean sweep and I just I didn't want to go for it mm. and I especially I especially watched the a load of Mako Satamura her match against Killer Kelly was great Mercedes we watched the Mercedes Martinez match again the other day and that's fantastic and obviously the Tony Storm one um, and then I put on Becky versus Charlotte last last night and just from the entrance it's like this is it. It's got that um, Big fight CM feel. Punk, John Cena, Chicago feel. Like the crowd are just so into it. The big match feel. And you're like, yeah, this is the best match of the year. Uh, way. Pick. Yeah, honorable mention to Satomura and Storm. Uh, I, that was my also my favorite match from right. the Mae Young Classic. I think Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler have had a number of tremendous True. matches. But maybe none of them that really kind of clinched it in terms of, I guess, as grand of an importance and, you know, maybe as epic of a feel as I would say Becky versus Charlotte at Evolution. It was a show where I think these two were called upon to really uh, uh, deliver a classic and and that they did. So uh, that was also my match of the year. Okay. I'm going to quickly just uh, rattle through the, the, the top 10 finishers here, starting with number 10, which was the women's Royal rumble nine with Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane from takeover war games followed uh, after that with Mako Satomura and Io Shirai from Sendai Girls, Miko Satomura versus Mercedes Martinez from the Mae Young Classic, Momo Watanabe versus Io Shirai from Stardom Queens Fest, Tony Storm versus Mako Satomura from the Mae Young Classic, and then our top four. Four was Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane from TakeOver Brooklyn. Third was Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair from the Survivor Series. Second was Asuka and Charlotte from WrestleMania. And number one, 71.2% of the vote, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair from Evolution. So a wide array of uh, choices there for women's match of the year, which naturally takes us to men's match of the year. A very, very, very deep category. This is a controversial topic, too. People (laughs) always get heated about this. Well, then we're going to put all of the heat on way to start things off. (laughs) Okay, no problem. Uh, You know, I, I, I don't even think... It's a tough argument, but 2018 could be better. The best year it of is. pro wrestling it's the best history. Year of pro wrestling. So if you he- didn't even to cut you off, if you didn't yeah. even watch, like if you're just a WWE guy, because I know yeah. people listening are, you still had great stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, maybe not WrestleMania, but other stuff. It was really good. 
But if you watch everything, then you had a it's, real good year. This to me was the toughest category. And this was a category that I kept in mind the entire year thinking about which one category. I'm going to choose. So in a year where I think you can have so many great technical matches, for me, what ends up making the difference is my attachment to the characters and the storyline. And for me, the one I was most attached to this year was the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers from New Japan Strong Style Evolved in March of twenty uh March twenty fifth of twenty eighteen. This all of course came off the heels of Cody turning on Kenny Omega at the beginning of the year. Um, it's a story that tore the Bullet Club apart, and with it, the Young Bucks being caught right in the middle. So this was a grudge that was not set up through baby faces or heels. It was a grudge that was set from a very relatable story of one man, Kenny Omega, having to choose between his best friends and his lover, his golden lover. And when you watch this match from the get-go, you have such a strong sense of friends not wanting to fight each other but being forced in this situation where you know uh hey not only are you going with that guy but you think you're the best tag team in the world we're we going to jump to heavyweight and prove that we are the best how could you say this to us and then it starts off with the, all of them being really careful with one another and then it just slowly escalates and escalates and escalates throughout the entire match matt jackson could be the best actor in wrestling right now in terms of uh, damn back the back injury Stand just back. but just him like internally struggling from like having to to beat up his former best friend i thought it was just come on magical. kenny come on kenny that moment where he was put up in the one-winged angel and like kenny refuses to do it so he lifts kenny's arm up to do the one-winged angel for him it's like it was gut-wrenching it nearly brought me to tears right. and i can't say that uh another match in 2018 has kind of come close to that for me so that's my match of the year Braden, wow wow uh, I just watched that match last night. That was also the best description of. Um, I know. So. I don't even want to go after that. How am I supposed <laughs> to go after that? What the? F- uh, that tag team match is like the best storytelling in like wrestling maybe ever. Um, that is my honorable mention because there's too many this year. That is the best. Fight me. Don't at me or at me. Is that the best tag team match ever? It, again, it's all subjective. Right. You know. Right. I think it is. Um, I really like that match. I really, really love. Uh, Andrade versus Cien Almas. Uh, sorry, Andrade Cien Almas versus Gargano from Takeover Philly. Uh, I also have this crazy obsession. I think I watched it like six times in the week it came out of Osprey versus Villain. It was uh, their is this five the one star where match. He injured his neck. Yeah, the the, the Spanish right WrestleMania. Man, this match is crazy. Like, no wonder you got injured in it. You, you, you did some crazy stuff, but the storytelling leading up to that was great. But um. Oh, then you had Kenny and, and Okada. Oh, so many Sounds like he's guys. His this was so hard, but I, I gave you three weeks. To make I know, a choice. I know, guys. Uh, I'm gonna go really left field simply because of a connection that yeah. I have. I went to Wrestle Kingdom 12 in Tokyo because I needed to see my favorite wrestler when I was a kid growing up, Chris Jericho, versus my favorite wrestler now, Kenny Omega. And in my opinion, they delivered. Um, that match blew me away from from. Yeah, Jericho being a dick attacking Red Shoes' kid and just everything in it. The no DQ stuff. I know people hate on the, the ref counts and all that. I just really I thought that was Jericho's best match ever that he's ever put on. Uh, it had so many eyes that had never looked at that product ever. And it was because of this match. So when people look at wrestling history, <laughs> they'll look at that and be like, hey, remember when Jericho like jumped over there and did that match? That was crazy. That was cool. That was this match uh, in the Tokyo Dome. I picked Jericho versus Kenny. Yeah, this category is so deep. Um, just a few that came to mind for me as honorable mentions. Uh, Kenny Omega and Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 oh, Climax. God. I just was, 
I was at a wedding that day and we had like this break in between uh, before the uh, the reception part. And I'm at uh, my wife's parents' place and I just pull up my laptop to watch this. And I'm just like unbelievable <laughs> what a watching this uh, uh, this match. I'm like, oh, my God, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then uh, maybe Eclipse by the final with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. Um, in terms of a uh, story, like Okada and Tanahashi is maybe my my favorite feud I've ever seen. And that Dontaku match where Okada surpassed the streak and beat Tanahashi, uh, that was my favorite of their three matches this year. But number one was Okada and Omega from Dominion. I mean, to me, that was just for what they came in with in terms of an expectation level it was damn near impossible that they were going to be able to eclipse that. And they did with just a 90 minute classic that every fall was different from the last one. They played off the whole, like it's a movie. If you watch all of these matches between the two together and it was the coronation of Kenny Omega. And just unlike a two out of three falls match where it was like every fall was a journey towards the end. And I think easily one of the best matches of all time. And when you have people like Dave Meltzer saying it is the best match he has ever <laughs> seen, um, that's, that's quite the authority uh, to put such a label on a match. So Okada Omega from Dominion was my choice. And we build up to Davey. <laughs> did take over Philadelphia, run the gamut of these 12 months and make it to the end. Come on. Or, of course it did. It did. Of yeah. course it did. And I, I've watched uh, some matches that people have hyped up to me this week. I've watched a lot of Volta. So Volta versus Jordan Devlin Great match. from OTT. It's fucking fantastic. That's an incredible match. That match is awesome. Um, the Volta bait match from Wembley was great. True, yeah. Um, on your recommendation, listening to your show the other day, the the tag match between... Uh, Golden Lovers and Osprey and um, Tanahashi. That was, oh, was right. fucking awesome. There's, there's years that would have been hands down match of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ishii versus Kenny mm-hmm. is my second. I match think we watched that match the most this we, year. Or, uh, no, maybe not you and not I. Quite <laughs> most. It's, so we have this joke that um, you listen to up next every week. Before, like Gargano and Almus is my match where people come over and I'll, I'm like, hey, you want to watch? It's my vetting system. I'm like, do I? Do I want to spend more time with you? <laughs> and I put on Gargano versus Almas. And um, David shows his match to girls, and that's how he gets. Well, into the it's actually wrestling. I showed Ishii Kenny to my girlfriend, and like she's still with me, so maybe that's the match I <laughs> right, should pick. Switch it. Um, but no, Gargano versus Almas, uh, Takeover Philly. Um, I was there. Um, <laughs> it's just everything about it's fantastic, and I think. Um, Watching it on TV as well, Mauro adds so much to this match. You watch mm. this match, and from his storytelling, you think Johnny's going to win this. So I, I put it on. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I put it on earlier. And one of the first things Mauro says is, Johnny Gargano's dad can't be here today because he's recovering from quadruple heart surgery. And you're like, this guy can't lose. <laughs> this guy can't lose. His dad's recovering from heart surgery. And it's saying he's 0-2 against Andrade Cien Almas. It's right. like, well, he's got to win this one. All of that adding to the match. They start in this like just tr- very traditional re- like chain wrestling style. Then it goes like way more into like a lucha style. Then they just go pure strong style, slapping and hitting the shit out of each other. And then you have uh, Zelina Vega and Candice LeRae get involved, and it feels very WWE. Like that's the WWE stuff. All the shenanigans from the outside. And I think actually Almas winning makes this better for me because it's not expected and but you don't care because you just saw a great match 
And there's this point in the match where, and you can pinpoint it exactly when you're watching it, where the crowd kind of go silent and then erupt because they're going, they're watching, enjoying, and then they go, fuck, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And just get up. And it's no bullshit chance of this is wrestling or whatever. It's just cheering. It's just noise. And that's when you know it's good. They can't even think about a witty clutch answer. No, 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 no. It's just raw. I mean, you were you you were at that one, but w- even watching that on TV, I think I watched it with John, and then John was like, "I think that's the best match NXT's put on ever." And I was like, "Yeah, John, I think you're probably right." I, even to this day, I think Almas Gargano might be my favorite NXT match mm. purely, but that and match is great. I, like, what's been the dominant story this entire year is Johnny Gargano's yeah. obsession with sure. the title, and this match kind of kicks all of that off, and you're behind this guy's quest for this title. And it's all started with that. And it's, it's carried throughout the whole main event scene this year has been around this guy. Who's now gone to this, this darkness to try and get this title. And it all starts here. It's been the year long story. And you had such an incredible start to this journey that people wanted to follow him on. Um, Sorry, did we get everyone's picks? Wow. Yes, we yeah. did, All except right. for the audience. The listener picks. Okay, there's a big log jam for number 10. So number nine was Almas Gargano from TakeOver Brooklyn. Number eight, Walter and PCO from Spring Break. Number seven was Adam Cole and Ricochet from TakeOver Brooklyn. Number six, Black and Gargano from TakeOver War Games yeah. 2. Number five, Ishii Omega from the G1 Day 14. I've I've counted this wrong. Yep. Let's just go. You know, we're we're going in ascending order here. Sure. Followed by Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenny Omega, Tanahashi Ibushi, the six way ladder match, and then our top three are number three Gargano and Champa from Takeover New Orleans. Number two was Almas Gargano from Takeover Philadelphia, and number one thirty three point eight percent of the votes for Okada Omega from Dominion. This list is so long of votes we got for different matches uh, of the year. A very, very deep category. I would say the deepest of all of them. Best feud of 2018. Mine was Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I thought that this feud should not be revisited. I thought this is like a perfect feud. You don't have to touch it again, but Gato found a way to top it this year with Okada surpassing Tanahashi's reign by beating him at Tontaku. Then you had their meeting in the in the G1, followed by Tanahashi, who's won the G1, defending his briefcase and beating Okada to get one more main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I, I just thought it was my top feud of 2018. Let's go to Way. Uh, my favorite feud of the year was Gargano versus Ciampa from NXT. I thought it was a it was a feud. I think like like Okada versus uh, 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 Tanahashi that built on several years of a relationship between the two. Uh, but I felt like this year was when they really kind of took it to a different level in terms of ambitious storytelling between all the matches that they had. It was a story of, you know, a guy being obsessed with the championship belt and then always being unable to win it because of one man and then that one man ends up winning the belt because of that dude's own mistakes what does that do to the hero of the story it turns the hero into a villain except a villain who refuses to admit it himself i thought it was again incredibly ambitious uh and they pulled off every every beat of it even when they were hit with a curveball with alistair black getting injured turning that somehow into uh, a wonderful stopgap in their story so that was my feud of the year Braden. Uh, I mimic what Way said. I I also choose Gargano and Ciampa. The the feud where the original attack, where the logo was already up 
and the logo is taken down. That was, that was so smart. That was that was a year ago or so, right? That was last year. It was Wargame. Yeah, no, before that, exactly. Chicago. So yeah. so yeah, think of Chicago. think of how long that has happened. That turn. And we're st- and now so we're that was like May about. of 2017, if I'm correct. So the logo has come and gone many times in there in this feud because they they have done it again, where they bring the logo up and then they attack. It's the post credits. Yeah, it's great. Um, they even they even topped it where there was a, an NXT episode where Gargano like has finally won and everything is back to normal and he's like, yeah, it's great. And then he still gets it. They still got you with a, a secret attack. There was one where Gargano is like. Uh, uh, Champa attacked someone when it it was off camera, and it's like there's so many different things here where they were just trying to really show you. And and Wade kind of talked about how the hatred between these guys. The the storyline has gone so far that I will not rest until I see it come full circle because it needs to. It's like something in 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 a series of movies where you're good and you're bad. And uh, something about these two are are really great together. I I thought everything they've done was fantastic watching wise like everything on nxt their matches were fantastic the promos the video packages the calling each other out gargano turning heel he'll eventually turn back it'll be fine i just think this feud is like epic in wrestling history davy are you with them? yeah they they said everything i need to say <laughs> i'm I mean, sorry you can even go as far back as the cruiserweight classic which sure of course because like, there was tension building there and then they, they, they had were their match and they were mates again and then tagging it's it's just been the best, one of the best feuds I've ever seen. We might, we might, yeah, it is. And we uh, might even talk about it next year as being. Well, I feel, I feel like, because Gargano They can both be on the main roster next year and you may have a very different uh, opinion. God damn it. Gargano has to turn back eventually, but they he can't will. rush that. So I'm like, if this is a book of like 30 chapters, I feel they're at like chapter 22 right now. Yeah. They've still got a way to go before they finish this. It's yeah, by far my favorite. Uh, the top three from our listeners. Number three was Cody versus Kenny Omega. Number two was Becky Lynch and Charlotte. But number one, by a significant margin, 59.9% of the votes, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Next category is best promotion. And I guess that, well, I'm curious what you where you guys go here. Let's start with Braden. Um, I'm not a uh, WWE guy anymore. I don't really, I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. Just listen to you guys talk about it. Um, no, I, I, I have to say NXT because I do a show about it. But honorable mention goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> so this is a weird one. Because I feel NXT is WWE. I know. Yeah. It's not fair. It's like you're not picking Raw or SmackDown. Right. Definitely not picking those. But, but in terms of like a tone of product, it is significantly different. It's different. So I can pick NXT. Uh, I, I, I picked NXT as my favorite wrestling show. So I very well could just pick New Japan to be not WWE because they've done some things this year that have been crazy. Uh, the past few years for New Japan, I'm sure, have just came out of nowhere for them. It's just been crazy. But uh, like, I'm going to treat N- NXT as its own promotion, and I'm going to pick it because we've had such great TV matches, like a three-way with Ricochet, Dunn, and Cole, the tag match with Mustache Mountain. Like Everything in NXT is different than the main roster. We just picked a few to the year. That was two guys from there. Like, Everything seems different, and it's an hour show. The promotion itself it doesn't feel like a promotion, but I'm going to say it is. I, I think that the differentiation, though, is that if this were its separate thing, they wouldn't have access to this talent. It would not be making money, and it would be it would be viewed very differently because this would not be a business success sure. if not for the overseeing of the WWE, where its chief function is not to be profitable. It is to get right. talent ready for the for the main roster. Yeah. So it's got it's got special rules attached to it as well um way 
your pick. Yeah, again, it was a tough one because it was a toss-up between those two, depending on how you define this particular category. Um, I think I'm still making up my mind right now, but for me, after what you just said... It's okay, I switched one right off the, I, I, right off <laughs> the top of my head. Okay, I think it has to be New Japan Pro Wrestling, simply in terms of a amount of output. You know, NXT certainly has been batting a 1,000 in terms of those takeovers, but we only get one of those once every few months, whereas I think New Japan, for even the, the, the most, you know, usually the... The the average New Japan show offers a very consistent level of high quality wrestling uh, storytelling that isn't so insulting to the fans. I don't think this has been their best year, but I still think they are the best promotion of 2018. Davey? Yeah, it's it's how you define it, but I went for NXT. Um, I think New Japan is fantastic, but am I tuning in to watch it every week? No, I don't. I watch, I try and watch all the big shows. I watched all the G1, I watched Dominion, uh, Tokyo Dome, but I don't watch every month. I still watch WWE every month. So kind of got to go WWE NXT because it does have me tuning in every week. Uh, I did go with New Japan Pro Wrestling, not only because of the, the quality of wrestling this year, but the business success that they had. I mean, coming back to Long Beach the way they did just a few weeks out from WrestleMania, selling out without a problem. Uh, they did run probably, they probably do have to change their their approach to running the U.S. market where you can't announce matches till such a short window before. Still did 7,000 people at the Cow Palace with that that formula as well. The G1 drew very successful. The recent uh, Tag League did tremendous business. And uh, the company is doing very, very well financially at the moment. And I think the deepest, like if you're going through match of the year contenders, it's so heavily concentrated from this company that I think put out some of their best shows th- this past year. So that was my choice. Um, the top, uh, let's include the top five because they're interesting. Fifth was Game Changer Wrestling, which I think has a lot of great buzz attached to them. Number four was Ring of Honor. Three was WWE. Number two, NXT. Mm. And number one, New Japan Pro Wrestling <clears throat> with 48.2% of the vote. Uh, and to compare, NXT was 37.4%. So that got the uh, the lion's share, pardon the pun, of the votes. Mm-hmm. Best tag team. I will start this one off. It is an NXT choice. I chose the Undisputed Era. Um, any combination of them. I thought that the tag division in NXT was so incredible this year. That tag division, whether you were including Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, right. Mustache Mountain, it was... Um, whether uh, you know Pete Dunn, where where he was brought into into the mix of, of the different tag matches as well, I just thought that they had such a phenomenal year. But the undisputed era to me, they were they were the constant that that show is built around. I think if you put the undisputed era onto Raw tomorrow, you'd have a shield on your hands right. that if they were protected, they could they could be the stars of Raw tomorrow. They are and that only shield. takes one person to make that decision that we're going with these these four guys to be on the main roster. Um, I just thought they had such an excellent year. And I think that if you were to look five years ago at these guys having success in the WWE, you would see it with Adam Cole, but I don't think anyone would have assumed Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong would be in these positions in a WWE run company that NXT is. So undisputed era, but I think there are plenty of quality choices you can make this year uh, for tag team of the year. Uh, Davey. I found this one tough. Um, I I ended up going for the Young Bucks. Um, I don't think kind of they've had um, 
Where am I going with this? I just I just think they're still the best in the world. They're so fluid together. I think they did evolve this year. They added a lot more. Um, they're the most valuable tag team in the world. Completely. I mean, they, they're responsible for all in. Um, I think there's, there's, they're money. They're, they're the top tag team in the world still for me. Um, I think their match against um, Golden Lovers was fantastic. I think uh, Undisputed Era and a lot of the NXT guys have had fantastic tag team matches this year but as a unit who are always going together when you think of tag teams you i think of these guys wait my choice for uh best tag team of 2018 was the golden lovers to me all different choices they are the team that made me the most excited about tag team wrestling in 2018 you have two of the best wrestlers in the world reforming together after several years apart i thought the story and the moment of them finally catching up with one another and embracing was uh one of my top moments of 2018 and they were having, there's, they're still having show stealing performances every time the two of them tag together. You couple this with the kind of not so su- subtle overtones of, of a, of a serious romance taking place between the two. I thought it completely, at least, is moving in towards a direction that is helping break down barriers uh, in a traditionally um, art form that doesn't treat homosexual hmm. relationships very well. So I think they it's not are called mind games that are going on yeah not so much so i feel like they bring a great deal of social change to professional wrestling and for that reason they are my favorite tag team of 2018 Braden, that was so well spoken because it's true you you mentioned that that was your match of the year was the young bucks and the golden lovers because like just everything that the moment where coda and kenny got back together this year it was like yeah. it made me want to cry almost Everybody. watching yeah Everybody. it was, this great. was a story taking place in japan <clears throat> yeah you know who i i feel in terms of that that subject is is not as maybe forward thinking as many other countries. It, it's it was so you are not wearing your golden lovers hat by the way, which I'm very upset by. Um, I I would we say the, yeah, <laughs> post hats. Uh, I also pick the young bucks. Um, I have to give your golden lovers a shout out, but they were in that match, and those guys are the number one. They they had all in. You could have told me Kenny Omega, Okada, villain, we're gonna be on that card. But it, the fact that it was like theirs made me want to go to it because I've been fall. I've seen them in a crowd of like 100 people. I've seen them now in the Tokyo Dome where they filled that place. Like everything they've been doing is fantastic. Uh, I'd say other than the Golden Lovers match, they've had like a crazy year. I couldn't pick anything else other than that match. But then that one is like the one for me. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I had to so- show someone a Young Bucks match, that would be instantly the one because it's just so mesmerizing uh everything's so hard to become friends with you two because you just have a stack of like matches that we we have to put you through the vetting process <laughs> like just this just this one what do you think of this what do you think of that huh huh <laughs> that's us that's what we do um, that's why i found it hard picking them though because i could only think of that match and i'm right. going through all my other picks i'm like oh they have that match that match that match and then i'm but they're just they're just really fucking good i they're just <laughs> my favorite thing to do is find a friend of mine who doesn't like wrestling and then I say, okay, can I show you something? I'll roll a nice big fat one, we'll smoke it, and then we'll watch some Japanese wrestling. Most people look at you like you're crazy. And then they watch it and they go, that's fucking nuts. Who is Kenny Omega? And is he really injured? What happened to his leg? Is he going to survive? Who's Kota Ibushi? What's gonna... Like, I'm not lying to you. Many of my friends do not know anyone in WWE other than John Cena and The Rock. But they're asking me, hey, that Will Ospreay, is he injured? Because his neck looked like it really got hurt in that Spanish fly I saw his thing. Twitter account. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't even follow this, but you're into the the weird Japanese stuff. And it's because of 
the weird crossover that these guys, I'm going to say being the elite guys, they bring it, the interest there and then people stay. So like I said, all the eyes were on Jericho and Kenny, but I could imagine all these people tuning in and then seeing like uh, Suzuki shave his head. And you're like, what is, what is this? This is crazy. I need to watch more of this. And uh, I don't know how we got on this, but the Young Bucks, the best <laughs> tag team of the year. <laughs> well, guys, the listeners have spoken. Number three, the Golden Lovers. Number two, the Undisputed Era. Wow. And number one, 38.4%, the Young Bucks. Too sweet. <laughs> so there you go. The Beautiful. top three tag teams. Number four was the Usos, which I think that's a pretty tough argument no, to make. No, that, they're great. Dream matches. Not but... this year. Oh, yeah. They were barely on TV this year. 2017. I think they're neck and neck with the Young Bucks, if you want to call That's tag a dream match year, right there. I thought this year was a very big disappointing year for them and through no fault of their own. Okay, uh, final three here. Starting off, we Actually, have... Actually, we have final four because of the last... I think well. final no, three, we have including the, the, the last Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Best female wrestler, starting off with Davey. So, I was thinking Becky Lynch, but then I was thinking... That's only from SummerSlam onwards. Mm, That's yeah. only half the year. And really, it's only one match, two matches, that TLC match. Um, unfortunately, I don't watch uh, the women's independent scene, so I can only go by WWE. So I'm going to go to the Mae Young Classic and who I felt had the best tournament and was someone I'd never heard of before and made me want to watch more of them. And that's Mako Setamora. I thought she was the star of that whole tournament. Um, as I mentioned earlier, her matches against Killer Kelly, Mercedes Martinez, and Tony Storm were all really, really fucking good, and each one topped the last one. Um, and yeah, I definitely want to check out more of her. So she's my female wrestler of the year. Braden, uh, my honorable mention goes to someone in the Mae Young Classic, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm madly in love with her. Tony Storm is fantastic. I know David is. Uh, it, it makes fun of me because he he doesn't see what I like about Tony Storm. You, you don't like her. And I think she's on her way to be maybe a giant star in the world of WWE. Um, but I picked Becky Lynch simply because when she did the original turn, it was supposed to be that she was a bad guy and everyone didn't really like that. But as soon as I went on Twitter, I was not watching Raw or SmackDown, whatever it was that week. And I went on my phone and I opened up to see what I was missing. And I saw this picture Becky Lynch with blood all over her face and instantly I stopped what I was doing and I quickly had to watch what the hell did I just miss? Why is Becky Lynch bleeding? And then I watched that and I was like, holy shit, she's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. What the, like, this is crazy. I think I stayed up just like on my phone in bed for like an hour reading people's tweets, going on Twitter, interacting with people simply over Becky Lynch and how she just became a success in like by getting punched in the face, essentially. So, yeah, it wasn't all the way through, but I'm picking Becky Lynch because just from that one moment, you have become a giant, giant star. Yeah, I think that ultimately 2019, uh, she's maybe the most intriguing WWE performer to see what what business impact does she now have. She feels like such a hot character, but as she was catching fire like this fall, like she's just come back now. I'm very curious to see how is she positioned on house shows? Does she start to headline these house shows? And when tickets were going on sale in the fall for shows in the early part of 2019, are we going to see an increase now in business because of Becky Lynch? Because that's, that's something we don't know of. Television numbers haven't gone through the roof with her yet, but 2019 could be a year that we see her 
become that that drawing star as well as someone that you can just see all the makings of someone that can be a huge difference maker for the company. I chose Becky Lynch. Um, yes, it was half the year, but I just thought it was such a big part of of WWE this year. And you know, for so long they were looking for the to try and get the women into these prominent spots. But now there is someone that there's not even the argument against it. Now, uh, when you look at TLC this past Sunday, there was only one choice to put that put on last it is like this, this woman has fully made this women's division, the main event division. It's um, and, and I put a large part of it on, on her shoulders and on Ronda Rousey as, as well. So Becky Lynch was my choice and way. Very well said by all of you. I think from a technical standpoint, Mako Satomura was the best women's wrestler I watched this year from the Mae Young Classic. But I have to agree with these two men. Uh, I think from a, a just it's it's rare that I think we have a female wrestler who is not just the top star in her division, but the top star of the entire WWE. Uh, she is Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1998. Uh, it's Becky Lynch. Best male wrestler. Uh, I'll start this one off. I think you could make solid arguments for uh, for Kenny Omega, for Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Will Ospreay. Uh, in the end, I chose Hiroshi Tanahashi. And it wasn't that I think he had the most classic matches this year, but the three Okada matches, the G1 final with Ibushi, the, the tag we just talked about from uh, last weekend with Osprey against the Golden Lovers. And it was the story of Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think that had a big impact on, on the G1 drawing well. I think him tagging up with Okada for the, the second leg of the Tag League tournament, that was a, a very big uh, help for the business of the Tag League tour. And he's going to headline Wrestle Kingdom, which has got off to a tremendous start. And I think that he's just had this great story throughout the year. And I think it's many different factors that you look at for wrestler of the year. Um, he had the great matches. He, he drew in a big position. And also this was someone that years ago, I think I went three years in a row voting for him. And then there came a year where I just realized he's not at that level anymore. And I'm probably never going to vote for this guy for wrestler of the year again. And I thought he did it this year. And that was remarkable considering all the injuries he's had. He has, adapted his style and his storytelling is still at the absolute top and i cannot wait for this match with kenny omega that i think will be just a masterpiece uh, at the tokyo dome let's go to davy um i went for johnny gargano i think he's had a huge year in nxt um his matches against champa were fantastic his match against almas obviously uh, not just the one uh, at that takeover but his tv matches as well um, the way he's changed his character um, going into that match against Black, which was um, arguably the best match that night. Um, he's just been consistent. His promos are believable, whether he's a heel or a babyface. His motivations are believable. Um, he's flawless in the ring uh, and has had the most compelling story of the year. So Johnny Gargano is my wrestler of the year. Braden. Uh, my honorable mentions is a crazy long list. Uh, you said to some of them, Will Ospreay. I feel like he was not talking. I nearly chose him. Honestly, he's had some crazy matches. The four way at Wrestle Kingdom holds a place in my heart. The crowd, I in Japan, the crowd is so quiet most of the time until it gets to that one match that makes them go batshit crazy. And that four way, all of a sudden, 
this girl beside me pulls out her Daryl and is losing her shit when Will Ospreay attacks Takahashi. That's another guy who should be on my list. Guy does a running drop kick from one end of an arena to the other. He, he, you know, crazy. He did make my honorable mentions. Uh, but the number one honorable mention is Johnny Gargano. Uh, I damn near picked him because I watch NXT all the time. And just like Davey said, he's great, but he's not Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega is my wrestler of the year. Guy started out wrestling Jericho, stole wrestling from me. Instantly, that match changed everything for me. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. with. I'm good. I can check out. Then he went, had what maybe some people call the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, you can decide if that's true or not. Against Okada at Dominion. Uh, and then if that wasn't enough for you, he wrestled Pentagon in Chicago at All In. Damn near stole the show for me there. And then I had the tag match with the Bucks and Kota Ibushi. Oh, wait, he also fought Kota Ibushi, which could have been match of the year. Like everything Kenny Omega touches turns to gold, and he's a gold lover. So he also I... drew that inc- like six figure gate for Northeast Wrestling, Wrestling Phoenix. Right. Back oh, in yeah. October. Yeah. And I wanted Phoenix to go to that. is a guy that I think should be on people's list as sure. well as, as someone to consider. He had an incredible year i just i just when when you described uh okada kenny as a movie in earlier talking right now that's what i i felt like that every time i there the video package with you lost everything well you have to gain it well what will it cost everything and like that alone made me go oh goosebumps so kenny omega wrestler of the year way my choice Echoes Braden's. It was also Kenny Omega. He is a man who uh, I find this to be a really interesting time right now because he's certainly facing a lot of criticism from diehard New Japan fans mm-hmm. for having a run with the title that is certainly not anywhere up to par from what uh, was said by Kazuchika Okada, and I completely understand those criticisms. That said, though, you look his, at his body of work in 2018, between all the matches that you just mentioned, you know, uh, the CEO show that he put on, uh, you know, even as late as right now, uh, do, having that Golden golden Lovers match against uh, uh, Tanahashi and Osprey, to his performances in the G1, where he always, Ishii. always, always delivered. Uh, so, to me, he is the best wrestler of 2018. Uh, we I forgot to get to the listener's pick for best female wrestler. Uh, that was Becky Lynch, 71.5% of the votes, followed by Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Best male wrestler from our listeners, number three, was Seth Rollins with 12.9%. Johnny Gargano was number two with 18.6%. And number one, Kenny Omega, 22.9%. And our final category is biggest story of 2018. And we send it back to Way. Okay, yeah, my biggest story of the year, certainly I respect the scope of the WWE's landmark TV deals, but I consider it more of a story with long-reaching effects rather than, you know, uh, something that we're feeling right now, kind of like global warming. You know, it's a big story. I don't think anything else matters but global warming in a few years, but it's something I have to worry about at another time. I thought the biggest story for me in 20... (laughs) (laughs) I thought the biggest story for 2018 for me was WWE Crown Jewel. The WWE's involvement in Saudi Arabia in general, especially admits uh, one of the most obvious assassinations by a government. It To me, it was a story that reached the, the biggest mainstream attention for professional wrestling in 2018 with specials from John Oliver and uh, uh, numerous uh, uh, news articles from various sources. Uh, that was my pick for biggest story of 2018. Braden. I mean... Realistically, that one, that one, <laughs> that's a big one. That's a doozy. Uh, I'm going to pick one because y'all know being like a wrestling fan and, and someone and on all your friends or family, they all know you as the guy who likes wrestling. So whenever something in the news happens and it involves wrestling, they go to you about it. 
Well, I don't know how many fucking people came up to me this year being like, so what's the deal with Ronda Rousey? So she's she's not fighting for real anymore? So she's doing it like she's fighting fake now? Like, what's up with that? Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania is just, I, I don't know, Ronda Rousey in WWE, in a match, whatever you want to call it. Just Ronda Rousey in WWE. Um, I still hear people in public talking about this. Well, yeah, she's she's washed up. She's fake. She does it's fake shit now. Um, that's still people talking about it. I I don't know what the the draw is like. Do does Ronda Rousey actually in make numbers go up for WWE? Probably. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, I always to this day, maybe almost a year later, I'm hearing people talk about. It. Some people are like, "What? She's in WWE. I need to watch that. I'll, I'll watch that. I would watch that." It's like so strange because I'm, I myself is not a huge MMA fan, but I watched her first fight. I watched all of her fights, um, and then when she came to WWE, I didn't have a huge didn't really care for me but then noticing everyone else talking about it makes it so much stranger i would say it's that plus also the ability like her ability to actually live up to the she's ability. great like in she range she up, has yeah. been fantastic i don't think yeah. anyone expected this level of involvement no. throughout the year right like beyond so, wrestlemania like how sporadic would she be around she's been there pretty much every week and like think of where the raw numbers would be without her um, I think that that's, you know, a she is kind of to me. Yeah, she is. Like, like, I just feel like even my mom is like, oh, I'm watching uh, CP24 and they're talking about uh, Ronda Rousey. Like, who is that? I'm like, she's a fighter. She wrestles now. Oh, but she's like, she's a real fighter. Well, no, well, she was, but she's, like, I've said, I did that so many times this year where I just feel like it was unavoidable. To this day, Joanna just lost at UFC. Someone literally made this joke. I guess she'll be talking to talk- Triple H soon then. I'm like, that's, that's because of that. She'd be awesome. Actually. Yeah, she that would be. be great. What, so, would her, what would her new last name be? <laughs> I don't even know her last name. I can't Joe. say it. Young J. Check. Yeah. Uh, Davey, your biggest story of 2018 was? Um, mine was a feel-good one. I, I originally put Roman Reigns' leukemia, and then I thought, it's best of 2018. I can't say a guy it's a big story. leukemia. I mean, this is just... It's a big story. Yeah, but I wanted a feel-good moment. And it's Daniel Bryan returning. My very first WWE event was watching Daniel Bryan win the title at WrestleMania 30. One of the best feel-good moments at WrestleMania in years. And him having to retire without wanting to retire, all those injuries, all the things he went through to come back. And that day when it was announced and the internet blew up, it's rare you get those actual genuine feel-good moments in wrestling, especially in WWE, which has all its shit with fucking Saudi Arabia and stuff to just have a genuinely nice moment. Um, and then his speech, um, thanking Brie and everything brought me to tears. So, and he's one of my favorites. So having Daniel Bryan back wrestling and then seeing that match against Brock where, which I loved, that was actually a real favorite of mine this year because I felt that's the Daniel Bryan we've been missing that we haven't had since his return. And we had that, against Brock we've had that against AJ so Daniel Bryan coming back um I'm concerned about global warming in the here and now <laughs> uh I went with the WWE's television rights deals with the USA Network and Fox I don't think the most optimistic analyst could have predicted that the WWE would score so big with their renewals this year and the effect it had on the stock price the stock is now trading at about $74 uh when it was it, like if you were in on the WWE stock a year ago it's unfathomable to see what it has even leveling off the level it is at 
And this company is so insulated now from any outside forces with these five-year television deals that are going to pay them uh, each, you know, $205 million from Fox, who made a conscious effort that in this contract year, we are going with the WWE rather than the UFC. And that ties into Braden's story of how much the, did Ronda Rousey somewhat influence that, that here, this is the hot brand that we are going with. It's WWE and not UFC. And uh, I think that, that that's a huge thing. The WWE is going to be on on the main Fox network in 2019. And there's going to be high expectations for them to be able to deliver an audience on Friday nights. And I think it really solidifies where the WWE is when, when cable is cable viewership is going down. The WWE is looked upon as a really key property. And that was pretty much emphasized um, this year when they were going head to head with the UFC for rights and, and they came out ahead of the UFC who still got a really strong deal with, with ESPN, but the WWE is going to have more television presence than the UFC will in these new deals when they go into effect. So I, I just think it was uh, so huge for this company because they're in just a different, a different stratosphere now with these contracts as protection for them. That wraps up all of the awards, but we do have the listener choices. Yes. For biggest story. So um, I'll read some of these before we get to the top three. Some of the, the ones that uh, stand out here, uh, the Madison square garden sellout with ring of honor, new Japan, the elite contract speculation, the rise of Becky Lynch, uh, all elite wrestling, which uh, kind of ties into the elite contract stuff. Ronda Rousey coming in, Daniel Bryan being cleared, the Fox deal with WWE. Number three was Roman Reigns' leukemia diagnosis. Number two, the all-in announcement, sellout, and the show itself. And number one, 20.5% voted for the WWE Crown Jewel controversy <laughs> as the biggest story of 2018, which, I mean, that was enormous. I think... Um, you know, just the the most disgusting promotional tactic um, that that you could envision of just everything together of a, what was produced. It's a great segue for next week's show. Next it? week, <laughs> uh, are you guys going to be uh, able to return as our returning champions, the, reassembling the panel next week? Of course, absolutely. You've gotten through a uh, stage one of the uh, of the post one climax, and next week will be our worst. Of 2018 show. The where, one <laughs> it's late, Braden. We I want are, that on a shirt. <laughs> we are uh, almost two hours deep into the show at this point. Next week is the worst of show. It will be out Friday, December the 28th. So you can tune into that. That will, again, be a free show for everybody as we will go through the worst and get through uh, probably a lot of angst uh, that this year provided. But for the last two hours, you got all the positivity out. There was there was a lot to like from 2018. Best year ever. This, these past two hours uh, displayed. But next week, trust me, we will find uh, plenty to complain about that 2018 brought us as well. So first of all, I want to thank you guys uh, very much. I also want to give everyone some homework for next week because every year we do a game called Likely Unlikely. And I have... Uh, I have gone and looked at last year's likely and unlikelies that way. And I did. So for next week, we'll read them, but I want each of you to come up with five scenarios for 2019 and we'll read out our scenarios and the panel will give either a likely or unlikely to that scenario occurring in 2019. And we'll go back and see how accurate way was because some of them were (laughs) incredible. Not, not because of whether he said likely or unlikely, but some of his qualifiers were 
stunning. Really? So that is the tease oh, for next wow. week's worst of 2018 show that we will go through those. And thank you to all of the people that voted. I think this is a really uh, cool component to have attached to it, having the listener votes as well. And Chris Angler, once again, mm-hmm. for tabulating all these results that uh, I never would have been able to do on my own that I thought I could. And Chris, <laughs> thankfully, uh, was able to get this over to us. Well, thank you guys for having us and always putting out great podcasts for a full year of post. Yes. We, we thank you guys too for doing the same well, yes. every you. Thursday. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, more shows coming your way, including the Christmas show that will be out Monday and catch Braden Harrington and Davey Portman every Thursday with up next. And you can subscribe to their own feed. Just go search for up next wherever you subscribe. listen to did, your did you podcast. I did not put up feedback. We <laughs> right. just put up a feedback. So uh, up next. Uh, yeah, we can quickly do that right now. But well, first, yeah. we got some, one of these. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, got some off the champagne. The best champagne glasses. I feel, I had to I feel like it's Christmas time. It's the oh. holidays. New Year's is coming. We just need to, you know. You welcome that. All right. <laughs> I'll All right. this. We're going to sign off. Thank you, everybody. Oh, the bar- that, that's five. The bartender just broke the glass. Oh no, Man. I just broke all of them. Oh. Yeah, he broke all of them. Oh. He broke all of them. That that takes he talent broke right there. That's another great segue for Brady the Breaker. Good night, everybody from Post Office West. Ahoy! Oh yeah, we'll get this on. Yeah, you got to get the sound in. Whoa! Oh, no, no, it's got a cap. No. I'll take this off. Should have done this during the show. I can't believe you broke. No, I fixed it. No, you broke no. them all. No, no. Did you? Oh! 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 oh my goodness! Wonderful, wonderful. Happy New Year, everybody! It was here for two hours. <laughs> what? Oh goodness! Yeah, you okay? No, it's fine. Look at oh, this. Oh no! Sorry. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh God! I'm sorry. I twisted it as well. So That's so strange. It was sitting there just for yeah. two hours. Someone must have. In the... What happened? Okay? Get on. No, it's fine. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc